Our scripture reading is um, from Ephesians 1, 1 through 14. It's in your hymnal as uh, selection number 56. And um, I'm going to be preaching on just kind of a verse or two at a time um, as we work through this, but we're going to be reading the whole section uh, to kind of help keep it in context. Uh, so um, we will be hearing about verses 3 and 4, but let us read together um, responsibly Ephesians 1, 1 through 14, and let me pray God's blessing on us before I do. Lord, your word is sharper than any two-edged sword, dividing spirit from soul, joint from marrow. Your, your word is powerful. It gives life, it shines, and it gives us truth. So, Lord, we pray that you would use your spirit to speak to us as your scriptures are read, as your gospel is proclaimed. Amen. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, to the saints who are in Ephesus and are faithful in Christ Jesus, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, with which he blessed us in him, the beloved. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us. In all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. In him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things, according to the counsel of his will, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. This is um, just one of the wonderful parts of Paul's writings as he addresses the Ephesians. Um, he just pours over in a prayer, praising God and blessing God for all of the blessings um, before he starts addressing the people, he's, he's just overwhelmed with God's goodness to us. And um, it, it actually um, is one long sentence. Um, it, it, it just, it's just a cascade of God's blessings. And so we're going to look at these. We're going to look specifically at three and four um, about the blessings that God has given us. Um, the, the, the foundation of that blessing or the source of that blessing, and then the goal or the end or the purpose of that blessing. So first is that 
he blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Um, This is what Paul is giving thanks for, and and he's just going to uh, start listing these out through um, the rest of the chapter and um, on into the the next. Um, And notice he says spiritual blessing. Um, There's a that's probably not so much of like our spiritual life as separate from our uh, physical or, um, you know, social or anything else that, that, you know, I think there's a temptation uh, for us to compartmentalize things. Here's my career, here's my family, here's my hobby, and over here are spiritual things. That's, that's not what he means by your spiritual blessings. All of your life is under the, the realm of this blessing. The spiritual refers to the Holy Spirit the source of these blessings, that the Holy Spirit is, is at work applying all these blessings to us. But they are the blessings um, in the heavenlies. Um, and so he wants us to understand if, if you're in a place where you're feeling like, I don't feel the blessings, I'm, I'm, not, um, I'm not seeing that right now, I'm going through a difficult time in my life. Um, as he's writing to the Ephesians, some of them um, really struggling with, you know, making enough to live. Uh, as he's talking to the Ephesians who are not um, very popular with those in the rest of the city. As he's talking to those, some of who are enslaved, some of who are being, you know, facing difficulties for the faith. It's easy for them to kind of look and say, well, is this blessing? And he's saying, no, your blessings are in the heavenlies. Um, the heavenly place, that, that doesn't mean, okay, they're not here on earth, it's up, up in, in the sky somewhere and you'll get them one day. It means in more like the heavenly realm, the heavenly dimension. There's a, a heavenly organization to things that we might not perceive and the world doesn't perceive, but you're part of something else going on. And Paul is going to bring more and more of this up as he talks to the Ephesians, as he talks about we're waging war in this heavenly realm as he talks about um, things that are being manifest in this heavenly realm, that we remember um, the blessings are not things, in other words, that we say, I'm going to identify what God would bless me with. And if he blesses me according to the things I want, um, bank account, easygoing life, all these things, then I'm being blessed. And he's saying, look at the blessings God has given you in the true. And so he starts enumerating these. He chose us. Or he elected us. He he chose us. Um, he uh, redeemed us. He he adopted us into his family. He's forgiven us of our trespasses. We've gained an inheritance of things that we will receive that are to be ours. He's given us the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit opens your eyes to the truth to understand our need for a Savior, to understand um, the deceptions of the world, to understand the goodness of God. He's, he's strengthened your will and renewed your will to trust in the truth that you see. And he's giving us faith um, to, to believe these things and to receive Christ. And so he's talking about these, uh, these gifts of this blessing, this gift of understanding, this this gift of faith, this gift of perseverance, this gift of glory, that all of these things the Holy Spirit is giving to us is working God's good purpose in our life. 
So he has blessed you with all these things. Um, We need to open our eyes to the way God has blessed us, the things God has done to bless us. And then he shows us the, the foundation of that. So I, I love old things. Um, when we, we've had some trips to um, the United Kingdom, and we'll be on the street, and there'll be this building that's older than America. And it's just, I mean, not, not, not the actual, you know, but older than Europeans discovered and founded and had colonies over here. Right, so. And it amazes me. I mean, it's like before any history of what we have here is this building that people are just walking by. It's like, are you not astounded? Are you not amazed at this? It's, and and I, I just had the wonderful privilege. Okay, so here, I'll have to confess. I'm probably, uh, no, I'm, I'm sure there's in the whole world, there's a few more nerds. But I picked a hotel that would be across from the British Library. And the first thing I did, as soon as we got checked in, is I ran across to the British Library because I wanted to see one of the oldest complete Bibles from the 300s. And there it is, just walking off the street, able to look in and see it. And um, finally, family drags me out. We're going to go do, like, we need to eat and things. But I love old things. But, but you know, there's, there's even older stuff. Like, I mean, just random museum around us, we can go and we can see a fossil that is thousands or millions of years old. Um, I, I, I sent a message to Nathaniel Newland, who works at, um, oh, I'm forgetting the name of the place. Thank you, Discovery Park. And I, and I thought, they, surely they have a fossil that's a few thousand years old. And so I said, um, Nathan, what's the oldest thing y'all got? Surely you got a fossil. He said, yeah, they, they got fossils. Um, the oldest thing is a meteorite. It's to be believed to be slightly older than the earth. <laughs> you can go here in Tennessee and see a rock older than the earth. Amazing. I mean, doesn't that just boggle your mind that this millions of years old, and you can touch it, you can see it. You can't touch it. Well, I don't know how good their security is, but apparently... <laughs> But here, okay, so, so even this, even, even older than this, when you go out at the night sky and you see the stars, I understand that you see the light that is coming to us from um, years and years ago. So I understand the concept. I think this is right. Maybe somebody behind me will correct me if I'm wrong. But there's a, there's, there's, there's a star in our galaxy that is 6,000 light years away, which means the light we see is 6,000 years old. Whatever we see is, is that right? Yep, okay. So, but here, get this. The star is believed to be only slightly older than the entire universe. That, that it's, it's unfathomably old. So when you go out and you see the stars, you see things that are from the, the moment of creation, and all of that should just, you know, boggle your mind of how old that is. I say all that to say this. Older still than meteorite or the light of that star is God's love that chose you. 
God's love for you was before the foundation of the world. Before creation came into being, he knew you and he loves you. And he said, I'm going to make you mine. And that should just absolutely weigh on you much more than the mind-bending thought of how old things are. That a God who knows all things knew before he spoke the world into creation everything you would think or say or imagine or do and still choose you in his love. That means the God knew the worst sin that you will ever commit that darkest memory you have that you would share with no one and you hope no one in this room knows. And he still chose you in his love. This God knows those fantasies and those dark things in your imagination that you dare not utter and you are glad that people can't read what you're thinking. Knows it. And yet still said, you are mine. I love you before the stars were set in place. God knew every doubt you would have, every stumbling in your faith, every sin that you would commit after coming to Christ, and he still chose you in his love. And so I often get a question from newer believers. They come and they say, you know, if Jesus died for my sins and I trust in him, but then I sin after that, what happens about the sins that I've, I've done after I came to faith? And I want to say all of them were after the cross. All of them he knew before you came to faith. They're all covered under that blood. Know that his love for you before all these things um, is deeper, that you were chosen before the foundation of the world. And that 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 really should shape our imagination. So, some random Monday morning, you wake up late. You've hit snooze without knowing it. Your kids um, are not being cooperative as they can't find clothes. Or maybe one of them announces as you're getting in the car about the science project that is due that morning. And you get to work and you get one email or one message that just turns everything crazy. And you have this difficult day and you just have a lousy Monday, and or you look around and you feel like the entire world is upside down and doesn't make sense. God hasn't forgotten you. God didn't overlook you that day. No matter what you're going through, the God who chose you in love before the foundation of the world doesn't let a Monday morning slip. That everything we look at is what he's doing to work in us and through us, his purposes. He is at work and he is faithful. And so we easily forget our purpose is not just our happiness. That his purpose and his blessings are not so that we will have a life of ease and comfort and lack of pain. That he is shaping us for a deeper happiness, a deeper joy so all these things he does and he uses us uh, uses to bless us and bring us into his glory Paul says that he is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory the way he does that 
is he makes us more like Jesus. He, he uses his love to shape us and to form us to become more like himself, which is what we call holiness. The, the, the purpose of all of this is that we might be holy and blameless before him. So Christ died on the cross to offer us forgiveness of sin to everyone who trusts in him. But, but our salvation is not limited to just that forgiveness. Our salvation isn't just that our sins are forgiven and that we're justified before God. Our salvation is that we are forgiven and then we continue to grow and become more and more like he would have us to be, that we become like him in glory. We become like him in holiness as we love others, as we serve others, as we give ourselves as Christ gave himself, that we start to look like Jesus and who we are. That is what our salvation is. And so that's why we can say we are saved because he died and forgave our sins, but we are being saved because he is at work shaping us and forming us to be holy. Last Sunday, we talked about being saints, and that word saint just means holy ones. In other words, he's doing all this to make us the saints he's called us. He's given us the name saint, holy one, and now he's shaping us in reality to be holy as he is holy. We are to truly be this. And so our temptation is to reduce, I think, at least for me, the temptation can be to kind of reduce the gospel just to I'm forgiven and I have peace with God. That's only part of it because being made holy is also. So when we talk about being centered on the gospel or gospel-focused or everything coming back to the gospel or saying you don't go beyond the gospel, that doesn't mean you, you don't go beyond justification. You don't go beyond just forgiveness. It means that same gospel that gives us that forgiveness is the same gospel that works in you holiness. That, that, that same way of, of faith work, working in us, of trusting this message, of understanding this message of God's love is the same power that works in us to make us like the Jesus who saved us. The power that justifies is the same power that sanctifies. The power that forgives is the power that grows us. And so we keep this in mind with all that we do, coming to worship, gathering together with brothers and sisters, having time alone with prayer and reading the scriptures, uh, participating in the sacraments, singing his praises, living out our life, uh, growing and serving others, that we realize all of this is to grow us in holiness, to draw us deeper into the gospel so it shapes us to be like the Jesus who saves us, we remember we're not passive. We're working to that goal. So we grow in our learning of the God whom we are to be like. If we're going to be like this God, we need to know him. We, we, we grow in our connection through prayer and worship of him. That we spend this time to build that relationship, to be aware of his work in our life. And, and we grow in our works of love as we serve others, as we forgive, as we show compassion, as we seek opportunities to serve. So all of these things, a few points of application. 
we should see everything in our life as working in us as blessings that form us in holiness. From small to great, all things work together for good, and that goodness is sanctifying us, making us holy. So minor little gifts in our life, great little joys. You know, you wake up and it's a beautiful day and you're, you're feeling good. They, they are wonderful reminders that the Father loves us in small things, that the numbers of our head are numbered, that not a sparrow falls, that he cares for even the slightest things, and even minor annoyances. I will refrain from listing examples. Teaching us patience and humility, teaching us kindness of, of that's the way we actually become kind people and patient people is having our patience tested, of, of having wrongs done to us so that we forgive. Even great gifts lavished on us remind us that God is able to do all things. Nothing is outside of his control. And yet even the great tragedies we face show us to trust in one whose understanding is beyond ours and whose ways are inscrutable yet is still good and trustworthy. And we see all of this from the perspective of he is blessing us even in these things for our holiness. And it also calls us to examine our hearts, to simply ask if our salvation is not mere forgiveness, but also that we should be holy and blameless before him. How are we doing with that? If I look in my heart and I compare to a year ago, to two years ago, how are you growing in holiness? Are there areas of sin holding you back? Areas you need to be more active in killing? Are there areas God is calling you to grow where you need to be more active in showing the fruits of the Spirit? Pray that He will do what He intends and engage in it. And do you see areas where you have grown? May it, maybe it's you, you see somewhere that you're thinking, I'm not where I need to be. I'm not, I'm not fully there yet. Thank God I'm a little bit better than I was a year ago or two years ago. Give thanks to the God who is doing what he said he will do, of making you holy and blameless and has blessed you in these things. Take that also as encouragement to keep on and to fight the good fight and trust the one who loved you before the foundation of the world. Amen.